Happiness on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? This is episode 55. Black with bat, nigga. I'm yeah. sore. I'm tired. But I got the energy. That's what fucking matters. Let's do this shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and start with the hard part like we do. I want to give a RIP to James Porter Garcia of Arizona. Shot while sleeping in the car by two police officers as he, I guess attempted to exit the vehicle as i'm sure they were commanding him to do so i wanted to send out a uh r.i.p to him and uh, condolences to his family one day one day we might get to a place where we don't have to do this every every time we come together but we got to keep on pointing out that this ain't stopping we're not safe out here and there won't be any justice till we feel safe but yeah Let's go ahead and check out what we've been watching. Uh, you been watching anything recently? Yeah, I caught up on um, the the old school grudge, the one from 2004 with Sarah Michelle okay. Gellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... I don't that was know. a classic horror movie. I just think it was, it was well produced, well directed. It just was put together well. It wasn't campy. It was a good movie. You know what I mean? Really? I didn't, I didn't enjoy it too much. I thought that... I well, thought I don't it was, particularly like horror. I was just talking about the... The putting together of the movie, right? I didn't. I from from my experience, it really wasn't anything all that special. Um, I felt like it was. I felt like the 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 main monster was a little bit too uh, plot devicey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's a spirit that in, tend to in, be that in, in that inhabits a grudge. I'm sorry, it's a spirit that inhabits a house, but it also can affect electricity, and it could also like displaced its body and shit but it's just i don't know it was just a little bit too convenient for most of the, for my taste most of the time and i find that to be a typical trapping in the horror genre for sure i mean and in my, that hasn't been the case in my recent experience mm. like this is definitely falling below the bar from a lot of the recent horror stuff that i've watched so mm. Because I remember the last foray I did into horror, I was instructed that I needed to watch the classics that I had just been generally avoiding for my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I watched like The Omen, Poltergeist, the original one. Um, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen either one of those. You've never seen either one of those? Mm -mm. Oh man, you'd see exactly where those, like it's a trope, you know what I mean? Like 30 movies that came out 30 to 40 years before The Grudge were using those same exact kind of poor you know what we would consider today poor poor uh poor cinema uh cinematography um to kind of like increase the mystery of the monster right right today we don't need to do that you know we could very viscerally depict a lot of the shit that before they just couldn't and so they would hold it back from the viewer to create suspense they don't do that no more that's not a thing matter of fact the your your movie probably does better if you put those gory visceral scenes in it that the people can connect to because that's like you know <laughs> it's tragedy porn but um yeah because you look at the old uh movies and you could tell like they would have loved to do some of that crazy shit but they can't they didn't <laughs> have the ability to in the 70s yeah um your restrictions definitely informs the art a lot when it comes to movies and shit mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> very technical art form yeah um and yeah this one i don't know it, it didn't really seem like it really had too many limitations it was just i don't know it just was very like unmoving you know what i'm saying really? i felt like it was just kind of boring and i didn't particularly just kind of enjoy the movie through. because i it was not my type of horror like mm-hmm. I, I i much more appreciate some of the more contemporary horror movies like the conjuring mm-hmm. but um 
I don't know. I didn't see anything particularly. I try not to, to shit on it if it's, if it's at least made well. Right, right. <laughs> because there's tons of things I don't like. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I, I, I don't even think I've, I've been shitting on it uh, that much. Know. But... I don't know. I like especially compared to some of the like the ring, like I would say the ring is like so much such a much better movie. Oh, you and know that, I think I'm actually both confusing the two movies. <laughs> I think I'm talking about the ring. Yeah, the ring is is that one's the lit. That's when you watch the videotape and the chick okay. comes out of it and kills him in seven days. Absolutely mixing up those two movies. Yeah, the grudge is the one where like um uh there was a horrific accident acts well wasn't an accident there was this japanese chick that was like in love with this like uh english professor and um she was like building a shrine to him in his house and then her husband finds out about it and then he murders everybody in the house and hangs himself which it creates the spirit and so anyone that comes into that house is basically killed by the spirit Oh. And so even after they've as long as you just step foot in the house, that's it. It's a wrap. It's gonna kill you. Man, I talked all that shit, and I was talking about the wrong movie. <laughs> Never even seen that movie, The Grudge. Yeah, that's the one with um Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yeah, Sarah, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, and um yeah, um, I really wasn't fucking with uh, horror movies in 2004. That's for <laughs> sure. Sure, it was sci-fi that's or so bust nice. or anime. That's it. <laughs> And that was right around the time when I think the Lord of the Rings was being released. The series was in, in yeah, release. Yeah, sounds all right. The first I one think, was coming out around that time. Yeah, and so, yeah, I was definitely sci-fi fantasy uh, pretty much when it came to movies. But, yeah, The Grudge. <laughs> I guess I might check that out. I might give the the the, the new one with the John Show a shot because I don't oh, know. Oh, new one? Yeah, they did a remake of it. And uh, starring John Cho, and just because I fucked with John Cho was the only reason why I would give it a shot. Hmm. Okay. All right. You been watching anything else? Mm, not really. The uh, new seasons of anime came out uh, or started this week, so there's been a couple of um, inspiring anime trash that's right up my alley. So yeah, there's there's some isekai shit going on. The um, Ah, uh, fucking the Misfit of Demon Academy, which is oh yeah, is that season fucking, two or three? It's season one. Oh okay, but oh, it yeah. looks. Um, I thought we talked about that one prior. Nah, I haven't. T- no, nah, I've been talking about this one before. But you know, it's it's the rebirth of the fucking Demon Lord, basically. So your main mm-hmm. character is the Demon Lord, so he has all the powers of the Demon Lord. So he's the most Mary Stew shit ever. Like in episode mm-hmm. one, he um, some dude challenges challenges him to a fight. So he kills him and casts a revive spell on him. And he was like, yo, I'm just going to keep doing this until you surrender. Because if I just murder you outright, I'm going to get disqualified. So <laughs> he, he just kills him and just keeps like, and, and he's killing him with the snap of his finger, too. So, jeez. Oh, yeah, hell so you can, you can tell just how like ridiculous the show is. But I, I'm going to watch every episode gleefully. That sounds interesting. It's pretty, if nothing else. Listen, production goes a long way in these animes <laughs> these days because it like does, some sure. of the art gets like so well done, and I love how they're starting to mix in like good 3D animation, not yeah. not 3D CGI, like yeah. 3D animation. So like you'll too. be in a in a scene and they're fighting, and the camera will pan around the animation. I love that shit. Like, yeah. What? They're, I used to love um, Thunderbolt Fantasy for that. Yeah, that shit was dope. 
I remember um, there's a lot of shows now that are using uh, uh, CG models for their actual characters instead of the, the 2D drawn ones. Really? And they're still designing them like typical anime characters, but you can tell that they're that they're CG. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Beastars, but that's a good example. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Beastars, that was a good one. That was all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've been uh, pretty much just catching up with The Wire. Uh, nice. How gosh. far did you get? I'm still in season one. I only caught like three, uh, two or three episodes, but there was a couple of times when in, in that sh- uh, in, in throughout the course of the show where they kind of spotlighted like McNulty. I'm sorry, like when he uses his kids to go to spy on Stringer Bell in the in the market. <laughs> That right there is just a bad person move, you know, because Stringer, Uh, and this is somebody who's being investigated for killing state witnesses. So it's like, you put your kids in the crosshairs of somebody who you're investigating for murdering state witnesses? Like, nigga, then you wonder why your wife wants nothing to do with you. Like, come on, bro. And, And they really do play up this idea of good police. And I just don't believe in good police. I just don't. You're not gonna convince me at this point. Um... And we'll talk about that more later. But, yeah, I just the whole concept of good police just rubs me the wrong way. Like, every time I hear that, I'm like, okay, you're a liar. So whatever <laughs> you're doing, you're trying to convince me That's that the bad sad. guy is a good bo- guy at this point. Because there's no such thing as good police. None. You belong to an organization that, that is infiltrated by the KKK, derived from slave patrols, and is a fundamental nuisance and terror on the public. Like, so every time I hear that shit, I'm just like, nah, be. Y'all niggas, first of all, none it's none of these cops are investigating these crimes because they have an over overwhelming of love for the Baltimore community <laughs> or the South Side community or the community of the high rises. They don't like these people. They're not going after Stringer Bell because particularly they care about the people they're supposedly protecting. They're only going after Stringer Bell because Stringer Bell makes them look bad. And in and, and, and by proxy that brings Avon Boxdale into it because it's even worse. When the guy who's pull, you know, calling the shots for people to get murdered is just the second guy in in charge. Like, that's how prolific their drug empire is. So they don't give a fuck about that community. And I don't think, and honestly, I don't think at anybody I would genuinely say, with the exception of Freeman, on the cop's end, is a good person. I've come to definitely come into that position. Because none of them are doing it for the right reasons. Like, being good at being a police officer doesn't make you good police. What makes you good police is, um, I heard this story about, and I couldn't remember who it was from. It was from a very prominent figure, I want to say in hip hop, whose father was a police officer. And he was a police officer just so that the community at large knew they could go to him to solve problems. And he solved those problems outside of the use. So instead of calling the police, the people in his community would call his father. Oh, you talking about the DJ a, Envy thing. That was that DJ Envy? Gosh, yeah. I, I rarely ever give him some props, but absolutely. That, I think, is, is the model of policing. Yeah. yeah, that's the model of policing that I'm fucking with. Like... These people who are empowered to help in their community where they know all of the people that they're directly impacting. And so they have a high propensity to want the best for them because those are the same people who are supporting their families. And so that's not the case with most police. You know what I mean? Like DJ Envy's dad is might be a good person despite working for a racist institution that was spawned from the very idea of controlling black people through slave patrols. Like, 
he was a good person despite that. So I'm not going to... So, so I hate when people try to... Because it's more like there's a few good apples and a bunch of bad apples. It's not like there's a bunch of good apples and there's a few bad apples. That's not the case. It's a That's bunch funny. of bad apples who represent something that attracts good people to them. And so once in a while, you'll get someone who's good despite how corrupt the system is. Um, and so I don't like the way that I, I, I'm starting to, to understand why people in the current light are looking at some of the, uh, of the portrayals as maybe copaganda, because there's no coming back for me, for McNulty, for me. Um, I could never imagine going to do some street shit and letting my son be involved with that at any age. That shit is bananas. And really what he was doing was some street shit. Because he was violating Stringer Bell's privacy by by having by tailing him in the way that he was off the clock. That's not that's not a thing. Off duty cops don't just get to perform police work with children putting minors at risk. You know what I mean? Like Stringer Bell was a dangerous man. There's if, if there's no question to that. He might have been intelligent. But that in no way, shape, or form diminished how dangerous he was. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I was rubbed the wrong way about that uh, scene uh, recently. And just the overall portrayal that uh, cops like Herc just trying to level with Bodie's grandma and be nice to her and blah, oh, blah, blah. Right. Trying, to, <laughs> trying to, you know what I mean? But still at the same time, having this weird fucking relationship with Bodie where they are harassing him. They, the, the police are harassing this young man. Granted, he's doing illegal things. But they never seem to catch him in the act of doing anything illegal. <laughs> they always just beat him up and take him to jail for some ancillary shit. And so that relationship is super weird. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's it's like Bodie's getting a little bit of Stockholm syndrome because the people oppressing him are being nice, and uh, Herc and his partner have uh, a, a bout with uh, Munchausen by proxy, which is a condition where you convince someone that they're sick so that you can keep on taking care of them. They keep on 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 putting Bodie in positions that require them to help them out of help the, him out of it. And it's like, Nabi, that's not help. Don't get me in hot water and then offer to save me from the hot water. That's not how that, you know what I mean? Like, that, it, it, and, and Bodie being in the position he is, it's confusing to him. I can imagine. Like, he knows that these are bad people. But at the same token, they're not always doing bad things to him. And so it's a conflict in his reality, you know what I mean? And so that I find to be more realistic than the idea that there are good cops in the Baltimore PD. But that was, that goes back to what I was saying last week in that there's good people and there's good cops. And it seems to be mutually exclusive for most of them. You know what I mean? Uh, What's that? The head chief, uh, not the head chief, the guy who created McNulty's unit and is the head of it. uh, I'm pretty sure his name is not Boyles. I keep calling him Boyles because I think his name was Boyles in another show that I watched him in. But he's tall, black, deep, husky voice, dark skin, real regal, gives off like mature man vibes a lot, usually in his in his parts. But anyway, yeah, that character in particular, I feel like he 
he is starting to become engrossed in the bureaucracy in such a way that he's overshadowing his 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 good nature and you see that you see that or being a good person because there's several times when mcnulty is like yo this is just the right thing to do and he's waffling on it and i'm like bruh bruh that's the one thing that you know mcnulty's not gonna do oh, mcnulty uh, take does the dirt himself Rawls, and he brings the fucking old white yeah <laughs> um but was, is that not an adequate description face. that i gave you of him does he not give you <laughs> the grown man vibes every time <laughs> He does, but he he's just he um he always plays characters that are assholes, like nine times out of ten. Yes, yes, he does very frequently. But um, yeah, no, I think that I I, I think his character is very human. But he's starting to get caught up with with the whole, you know, corruption of the police force thing. Um, you know, I think Freeman Freeman's interesting because I just if he does. I don't know what his motivations are most of the time. And I can't remember his storyline well enough to, to know why he's generally so apathetic. Because, like, if he just put a little bit more effort, he'd be cleanly the best officer on, <laughs> on the force. Like, I don't know if it's just because he's old or if he's had, like, one of those jading moments where he's just over it. Or if he's upset because they, they, they tried to, to give him the worst position, that, you know what I mean, available to him. But... Yeah. yeah, I don't remember his story either. Yeah, but he he does most of the good police work when it comes to police work. Him and Bunk, but Bunk has his own problems. Bunk is. <laughs> I'm just I'm not with the with the whole uh, I'm cheating on my wife thing all willy nilly like. Yeah, that shit kills me, bro. It's like, God, damn, dude. Like, why did you marry her for pussy was whack? Because that's what you're telling me. <laughs> when you're cheating funny. on your wife, it means you're because like, I mean. There's there's different types of outer pussy, but the major once you're in it, you're in it for the most part. You're gonna you're you know what I mean. And so I just don't get why niggas go out of their way to cheat on their wife and Bunk and McNulty go out of their way to cheat on their wives. I'm just like, yo guys, like that shit is just it just seems stupid to me. It's like you don't want to be happy. You don't want to be happy. Like these these women are are indoctrinated to to believe that monogamy is the most important thing, and y'all niggas refuse to give them that. <laughs> the one thing that they hold dearly, like that shit, is so infru- frustrating That's to so me. Because it's like just don't get married, nigga. Just like when they get mad at you, break up. Like stop doing that shit. Like if you don't, if you're not interested in having sex with the same vagina over time, just don't don't do that. Don't commit yourself. Like nobody is requiring that you commit yourself to one vagina. Unless you choose to make those kind of commitments to someone. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, Bunk does a lot of good police work. But once again, he's just a shitty person. And it's the same thing with McNulty. Like, and, but I, what I will say with McNulty is that in McNulty's case, more frequently than not, the shitty person in him overlaps with the good cop. Like, <laughs> like going back to that situation where he, um, well, let's go back to the very, very beginning. He knew he should have never said anything to that judge about Barksdale. He knew he was putting his whole department out to to dry when he did that. Because his department was the department responsible for keeping eyes on the high-rises. And they failed utterly at solving any of the murders, any of the major things that were going on. They were letting him run roughshod throughout that that area which honestly i don't know maybe have been better off than some of the other niggas based on how wire progresses but <laughs> nonetheless it was his department who did that 
If he wanted to fix that, he goes to his superior officer, not to the judge. Because the judge now has a legal obligation to mobilize his assets to to deal with that. If you're telling him that state witnesses are in danger. And so, yeah, he that was just an asshole move. He wasn't willing to do the, but it was good police work because it got the proper things mobilized to have the resources to do something about Avon Barksdale's empire. So there's that. There's a time when he's tailing Stringer Bell with his kids. It's just like asshole moves, but damn, did that get you what you needed? Like it was good police, but terrible. And and so I think I'm just going to separate the idea of good police from good person. Like you could be good police, you're still a trash bag, and your organization's still terrible. But you're good police. You know how to harass people. You know how to you know how to figure out some shit. Good job. You know what I mean? And just like, like I was saying before. They're all clever. Most of them are stupid, but they're all very clever. And it's like, man, that's really what good police means. It's like, oh, that was a clever move. You put that together well. It doesn't mean that you're actually good at the act of community safety. No, no, no. Not at all. But yeah, wire. Oh, that man, that's gonna that's gonna be fun to talk about for for enough time coming, bro. That was that that show is just so well done. And I'm enjoy I'm still enjoying it, watching it again, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's sad because so Carolina doesn't enjoy it as much as I do, but man. Wallace B. Yeah. Oh, watching Wallace, man. Cause Wallace is going through a whole thing himself of of the PTSD of knowing that he got someone killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he lives in a world where everyone keeps kept, keeps telling him, like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And it's like <laughs> You keep saying don't worry about it, but I'm pretty sure I did something fucked up. Like I'm pretty sure that what that that my actions got someone tortured. Yeah, it is, but don't worry about it because it's only going to lead to you getting tortured, and you can't get him untortured at this point. Nah, he wasn't made for these streets, and that's what I. That's but what that's I'm the thing, to though. Understand. A lot of them were children at the time, so it's not Absolutely. even about the streets. It's but just that. Well, I think children. that's what they. Well, that's what made for these streets is is a reference to. Is you're not made to watch people get hurt for no reason. You're not you're not you're not made to go over here and bop on a nigga just because he said something sideways to to somebody who's in the set. You're not you know what I mean? Like you're not made for that. You're made for defending yourself. You're made for doing, you know, what you have to do to survive. You're made for protecting the things you love, but you're not made for the streets which come with a code that results in wanton violence there's some people who i don't even know if anyone's made for it but there's some people who cope with it and there's some people who can't cope with it and wallace was just one who couldn't cope with it you know what i mean and that's what hurt you know what i mean like watch him because i know that that's that's what listen the hood the streets have always recognized like nigga, you need to chill go do your thing because what's going to have to happen out here as much as you respect us for, for, for being brave and as much as you wish that you had the metal to be out here on there, you ain't made for this. And so play your role. And that was the, I think that that's a, a huge um, theme throughout Avon's organization is that he had people in the wrong roles. That's for Putting sure. Putting D'Angelo in the role that he put him in, bad move. Putting um, Bird in the, in the, like, Bird was a super shooter. But you don't have him do nothing important because he's stupid. He uses the same gun on all of his big murders. Like, what are you doing, nigga? Like, what the fuck? But, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he just put people... You know what I mean? Like, D'Angelo was where he was because his sister was who she was. 
and his sister was one of them dragon moms. Like, nah, my nigga's about to be next in line for the dope scheme. Like, nah, yo, my little man's is thorough. He's he's street he's street bound. Like, what are you talking about, yo? <laughs> like, what are you talking about that? You know what I mean? Like, that's not something you wish for your children. That is an avenue that children take when they have no other options. That's not the active choice you give to someone. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like, D'Angelo was in the wrong place. Like, a lot of those police officers just should not... Like, the like the rookie officer who knocked that kid's eye out. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> like, that shit was extra. Like, you didn't have to Absolutely. pistol whip that, that little kid and knock his eye out like that. That was, un- that was unnecessary. You shouldn't have been there in the first place in the middle of the, 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 the high-rises at 2 a.m. harassing people, yelling through the high-rise... Like, y'all are big shit in, in plain clothes. Like, nah, nigga. He shouldn't have walked up with such a weak-ass eye socket, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the kid's fault. Um, But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, that seems to be a, a, a prevalent theme in, in, in The Wire is that um a, it, a lot of people were put into positions they just shouldn't have been in. And they weren't... It's not like their environment generated those positions naturally. People chose and dictated to put them in those positions... That ended up not only hurting them, but the people who put them in those positions. <laughs> and that's my big fear with, with it, whenever I talk about McNulty putting, to, you know, having his kids follow Stringer. It's like, yo, if those kids ever have to deal with the ramifications of your assholery, you know how much worse they're going to get it. Like, man, don't do that to your kids, bro. That's such a negligent <laughs> father thing to do. Like, I don't play that shit for sure. Sure. Negligent parents. Nah, bruh. Not my shit. But yeah. Haven't been watching too much else other than that. I look forward to catching up on the... I want to try to finish the season, move on to the next season. I don't want to be talking about this for the next four months, but... (laughs) I mean, I could. The show is just... This whole podcast dedicated to just talking about that show, which is crazy. But, um, yeah. Dude, moving on into some entertainment topics. One of my favorite YouTube personalities uh, was named Tijuana Jackson. Now, it's a satirical part played by Romani Malco. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got this the storyline behind this character where he's a he's an ex con turned life coach, and boy, man, he's he's his uh, the way he constructs the character and and the bits that he does, I think, are extremely well done. They always start out with some weird left wing, like damn, some real prison logic shit, and always <laughs> come full circle to like a real life lesson. And they and he purposely makes them obtuse. He purposely makes like a life lesson that comes from the, the the prison example that he's giving very disparate. Like I love seeing where he like how he comes to the final thought because I'm like yo nigga what are you talking about? <laughs> like the last episode I watched he talked uh, he started talking about um it was the last uh, episode of the first season which it stopped getting produced after that but evidently it's been p- picked back up recently. The episode starts out with him talking about how. He grew up for the first four years of his life thinking that his uncle was his dad because he lived and he's just going through all the weird shit that went went on in his life as his mother and his uncle had this weird relationship where he was kind of raising him as his son and so forth and so forth. All to come around to a story about how one day his uncle came in and was rummaging through the house in the dark and in the end ended up having to go upstairs and wake up his his mom to ask her where... uh, where something was and the lesson that he derives from that is is that we all are gross grasping around in the dark because we're too lazy 
to turn on the light <laughs> and actually ask somebody and actually look where we know things are to be. That's and so don't funny. be lazy rummaging around in the dark and then take the easy way out. Illuminate yourself. And I was just like, wow, nigga. <laughs> that's what you got from that that's story? That's hilarious. It was, it's great. I love how, how uh, Romani's, uh, Malco's mind works. I, I really appreciate a lot of his comedy. Um, but yeah, so I was really happy to see the, uh, that personality coming back and, and having, I think, I'm not sure if he's having a miniseries or his movie produced by HBO. But yeah, I was really excited to see whatever comes of that. Cause nice, congrats to him. Yeah, for real, man. I really appreciate uh, his shit. But yeah, man. Um, ooh, Ti starts issuing versus battle uh, 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 challenges. One to <laughs> one pick to me, fifty. Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> one to fifty and one to Jay. Uh, Jay has left his on the table, and uh, fifty has responded and said, "Nigga, please." Damn. So I'm just like, damn, dog. Why everyone hating on Ti right now? Like, That's I don't know. I funny. think that he has a very good catalog to enter oh, yeah. versus. Ti's got a grip of bangers for sure. Good for shit. Show. Like, I mean, like. He's got pop shit. He's got street shit. He's got lady tracks. You know what I mean? He's got he's got a very wide range. Yeah. And, yeah, he's been doing it for ages. All the way back from, to, from a rubber band man and shit like oh, that. Nigga, before that, man, remember, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, that was my shit, you know nigga. What I'm yeah, no, I'm serious. Or you don't know me. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, you don't know me with my Yo. That's bro. my zen. Yeah, T.I. I mean, T.I. is out bangers. I don't. I don't. I don't think niggas want to fuck with Ti in a versus battle. Yeah, Ti versus fifties. It would actually be a really good battle. I mean, that would be a really good yo, battle. Fifty. That would be has really a ten good. year stretch that rivals like Fabs. Yeah, actually, that's probably better than Fabs. Yeah, fifties um, is, is. Yeah, 50s just got bangers. Yo, just like hanging out. Man. What is it like? Two thousand to two thousand ten. Like yo. Yeah, this nigga like was that. ending careers. I thought it was um oh three when when he oh, put three, out um, get rich or die trying. No, no, it came out was. when we were in um senior year. I remember that. I remember yeah, that oh, oh three. Um, my bad. Oh three to two thousand thirteen. Yeah, was he was wrecking. Wangster, like wrecking. yo, bro, <laughs> yo, he killed fucking uh uh Zaru's uh, whole shit, bro. Just 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 <laughs> Six destroyed that sound like career. the Cookie Monster. Yeah, bro, he was, he was a straight savage. Yeah, man. And, and you know, I think he really exposed. Like, people keep talking about how, like, yo, Ja Rule, Murder, Inc., blah, blah, blah. Yo, those niggas beat their case because they weren't doing anything. Just understand that. They didn't get let off of their case because they were just that good. No. Niggas only get let off their case, federal cases, when they didn't actually do it. And the court exhausts all of their ability to try to prove they did it. And they have no other choice other than to settle so they don't take an L. So don't, like, Murder, Inc., I ain't worried about, like, they're just talking about how, oh, they were so street, they were so hood. Yo, 50 exposed all that shit. <laughs> 50 exposed all that shit. I was like, word? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And that whole scuffle between the Jaw fan and the 50 fan that results in someone getting stabbed or shot, that ain't them. That's the niggas who like them. Feel me. You know what I mean? Like. Jive and Murder Inc. Like they were just talking that shit. They were not about that shit at all, in the least. But um, yeah, dude, I I definitely appreciated Fifty during that time for for putting that out on the front street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one could deny Fifty street cred. Just niggas don't shoot you nine times for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there was he. His street cred was indelible. 
unfuckwittable, as they say. And so I really like, I can understand why he would turn down T.I. Because I don't think 50 has enough current, even though 50 has some current features, right? Oh, I have no idea. I'm I don't pretty think sure he's got some current features. Set. Like, I'm pretty sure he was on the Pop Smoke album, which I'll go into after this. But, um, yeah, yeah, wasn't he some something? But I don't some, think he's put like, out any track like a mentor to uh, Pop Smoke. From what I understand, yes. Yeah, and I mean, you could see the heavy hand that he had in the executive production of the, the album. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I. I would like to see T.I. battle someone. I don't know if 50 and Jay are the ones to go after. You're going to have to find somebody who's just a little bit more active right now. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. Killer Mike. Ooh, that would be a good one. I think that would be amazing. That would be a good one. Even though the most of Killer Mike's discography as of late comes from Run the Jewels. Yo, this nigga, this nigga's wordplay on these fucking albums, bro. Like, I love fucking Mike's wordplay, dude. It's so, it's so good it makes me angry. I'm just like, yo, my nigga, you... <laughs> Why you have to put the, why you have to put it together so well? You know what I mean? Like that, yo. Mike's rapping is definitely in. I would say lyricism cleanly top eight. Yeah, cleanly. So. And 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 LP is very close. It's very close. LP is very very talented when it comes to lyricism. Like I love just being able to actually follow someone's raps. It make it, it makes the music that much more enjoyable to me. But anyway, I would love to see T.I. versus Mike. I think that that would be an interesting 20, at very least. They could definitely do more if they wanted to. Um, my nigga, the after party after that is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> because, like, Jada and Fab did a fun little after after battle shit that was really entertaining. Mike and T.I.'s is going to be ridiculous if they ever battled, that was to say. But, yeah. Yeah, that would be dope. That was, that, that was interesting. Um, so... Moving on to uh, to Pop Smoke's album. First of all, um, they arrested five people, three adult males, two juvenile males, in reference to his murder. So, I'm, I don't even know if I could feel happy about that because the police are involved. I don't because I don't I don't feel, feel like there's a justice system. Justice for who? There's no justice for Pop Smoke's family. There's no justice for the family of those three people who did something heinous. Like. I don't even know how to feel about that arrest. I'm glad that they're off the street, but I'm just I'm despo- I'm despondent about the LAPD's ability to do anything of of positive note to any black person. And so I wanted to get that out of there. But here's the gossip. So evidently, Pusha T was featured on the album on a track with Young Thug and Gunna. And he reserved that spot to put out a verse, sneak dissing Drake. The track did not make it onto the album. That's the premise, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the gossip is Drake had it pulled. And the gossip as well is is that now Young Thug is beefing with Pusha T in reference to this. Now, the Pusha T, Young Thug beef is whatever to me. I don't really respect either of these men too much. I mean, for Pusha T to come out talking about we don't we don't do no we don't do policing and all that stuff and to have literal images of propaganda out with him in it. Sorry, you've lost your authenticity. Like we knew you were inauthentic because we knew who all of your raps were about. But at very least, we thought you, or I thought you had the heart of somebody who belonged in close proximity to this. I was wrong. 
And that's my bad. Malice, no malice, knew where his heart was. And so he left. He bowed out gracefully, literally, as he went to to follow the Lord. You should have did the same thing, nigga. Your fucking greedy ass is out here doing propaganda, making gang or, or making drug raps. When you know that shit ain't you. When you know you're pushing an idea, uh, the idea of coming up that is polluting young men. And it's just not entertaining anymore. When I thought it was authentic, it seemed like a cautionary tale. But now that I know that it has nothing to do with your ideology, you're purposely pushing those ideas that have no relation to your actual life. I don't fuck with that. Now, Young Thug, another nigga, do your thing. I personally don't find Thug's public persona entertaining. Very few of his songs do I find entertaining. So that whole beef, on both sides. Let them let fire at each other. I could care less. Now, when it comes to the removing of the of the track from the Pop Smoke album, I think there's a lot of avenues to take outside of the idea that Drake took Drake used his his um, leverage to take it off the album. Mainly because I think that Drake actually wants to smoke. I think if anyone used their leverage to take it off the album, it might have been Jay Prince, because he's not interested in his prize fighter getting beat up in the ring again. <laughs> So if anyone flexed it, it was Jay Prince. Or, hear me out, they didn't want to turn Pop Smoke's post-posthumous album into a beef. They didn't. They were not okay with him using this as a platform to further beef. This this kid will never put out another. Well, we all actually. Did you hear some shit about he had four hundred songs on the hard drive? Yeah. So this was his first posthumous album. This wasn't the place. This is the one that's really going to start his legacy. And so this was not the place. And so maybe Steven Victor took that shit off. You know what I mean? Like, I, there was, it was such a tasteless move. Not to say that he shouldn't go at Drake. Have at it. But to not to at all consider the environment in which, or the, the, the platform in which you're using to do so. Right, It's right. fucked up, especially when that ain't you, nigga. That ain't you. The most upset thing you are about Drake is because he didn't tell you about his son. And who gives a shit, Drake? I, I would appreciate more celebrities who decided not to tell us about their children. Because it's none of our fucking business. It's no one's business what he's going through with his baby's mama and his son. And so, like, get the fuck out of here, nigga. Like, I, yeah, no, I don't respect it. But you know what? It's not coming from you. Don't make it better, Pusha T. That whole Drake Pusha T thing, I think, had less to influence the actual the actual removal of the song than I think Stephen Victor's uh, or or Fifty Cent's who executive produced the album, not thinking that this was actually an appropriate place to stage a beef because it's not, in my opinion. And so yeah, whoever was the final to take that shit off, good. The track ain't gone. The track is still fucking uh uh, uh cleared. They'll put that shit on another thing. But don't put that shit on his posthumous fucking album for his legacy. No. No. You fucking selfish bastard. Like, come on, man. The spotlight ain't always about you, bro. <laughs> Sometimes the spotlight is about the man who just passed away. And so have a little respect. You know what I mean? Like, spit your fire. You can spit all of that shit. I've never once doubted Pusha T's lyricism and his ability to rap. You know what I mean? And so you could do that. But you don't have to be a dick about it all the fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, nobody needs your lyrics that bad that they want to put up with you being an asshole on the mic when some when we were trying to celebrate Pop Smoke's passing or Pop Smoke's memorial. You know what I mean? Like, that's that, that's that's a bad look, in my opinion, on him. But, uh, yeah. 
actually, man, I definitely can't wait to revisit that uh, that album. The album was really good. Um, what else been going on? Oh man, the Gossip Corner, <laughs> bro. <laughs> like as soon as as soon as I woke up the day after we recorded. Fucking all the denials came out. Will, Jada, nah, B. I've seen this while and B. Nah, B. Open it's relationship funny. don't mean I was fucking with this goofy. <laughs> they hit him with it, bro. They hit him with it. They hit him with it. And, and, oh, and, and I understand as to why. Yo, that nigga did way too much. Yeah, he's a snake. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing the clips from the Red Table Talk because, you know, nigga don't fuck with Facebook and that's where they broadcast that shit. But. I definitely can't wait to hear what kind of fuckery she comes out with because she, she, I don't doubt that there was some odd relationship stuff going on. I just don't doubt that because I don't make any prior judgments as to who or what she chooses to express herself um, in a relationship status with. But I will say this, he was the wrong one. A nigga who's going to take your private, your private relationship and, and, Try to make a a press run for an album off of it. Mm-hmm. That's a snake. That, yo, that you gotta see that prior to this, right? Person. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't have you fooled like that. You don't see that trash ass tattoo on his neck? Come on, man. <laughs> that should have been the first. yo niggas who get ugly ass That's tattoos funny. like that should fucking absolutely be the last niggas you trust with your highly sensitive private lives, especially when you're a fa- famous person like Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. And Jaden Smith and Willow Smith. Like, your whole family is more famous than 95% of this country. Some nice family harmony you got there. You know what shame I mean? if somebody were to fuck it all up. Yo, B. To promote an album. To promote an album, my nigga. Yo. <laughs> yo that's why they don't give niggas like me guns, bro. Shit. Because, yo, if anyone thought that they were going to sacrifice my family happiness for an album rollout, all right, nigga, click, clack. Let's do that. Because that don't make no sense. You you are not somebody who I can coincide coincide with because that don't make no fucking sense. Like, damn, dude, like, really? But I guess I guess he I don't not to shoot him any bail, but maybe he feels like I'm just August Alcina. Ain't shit I could do to their legacy. I could just say this shit, get my fucking get my press run and move about my business and ain't nobody worse for wear. Which is trash. Because yeah. nobody deals with their family life like that. The public will forget. But Jada and Will will forever have to deal with, like, oh, you remember the time that fucking um, all the South Cena had us all running around doing press runs for his fucking stupid-ass fucking uh, album? Can we not do that again? You know what I mean? Like, she can't live that down now. She always gonna have to own that shit. And that sucks. All because this nigga needed a fucking press run. Crying <laughs> shame. But, yeah. What else been going on? Um... So this is a really weird one, and, I, and I'm not going to speak too brazy about it because I don't, I don't know 100% where this is going. But um, Naya Rivera evidently took her son out on Pyru Lake, and um, when he was sleeping, she woke him up and told him that she's going for a swim, and she never came back to the boat. Now, I don't know if that's suicide. I don't know. First of all. I don't know who brings their child to commit suicide who doesn't also intend on killing the child. So that's weird. From the child's from the child's recollection, she made no attempt to harm him. Also, why would she wake him up to tell him she's going to swim if she's going to jump in to commit suicide? Now let's couple that with part number three. That lake has a vicious undertow that has killed ten people recently. Oh shit. 
So that's just crazy, bro. Like, how the fuck is there not like, how is that not common knowledge? Like, I didn't know that until this happened. And so I don't right. know if, until it happened to a famous person. You didn't know the lake was killing people. The lake's been killing people. You know what I mean? And so like, I really like I feel really bad for her family. Condolences to her son. I hope that you know Carolina was like I don't know maybe they'll find her alive somewhere. And I'm like, I feel so bad because it's a lake. Unless she found, and then and then I was like, oh yeah, maybe she found an underground cavern that was inhabited by mermaids, and she's chilling in there waiting for the scuba divers to come. And she thought I was being a jerk, but I'm. I was just like, no, there's no, there's no way. She she, it's a lake. You know what I mean? She's not. She's gonna wash to the other side of the lake. If she was alive, they would see her. You know what I mean? Like right, right. It's it's not a. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure they canvassed the the shore of the lake before they decided to call her missing. And so, yeah, like, I know I was being a real asshole about it, and I apologize, but I really hope that whatever happened to her was an accident, because that's the only solace, because God forbid it was a suicide or an intentional murder, that would be heartbreaking. And then, you know, how does her son feel safe? Like, knowing that things happen by accident is a coping mechanism as well. It's like, you know what, I can I can live with... You know, I have to be on top of my shit because if not, then an accident can happen. What I can't live with is like people intentionally killing people because that means that shit. What's the motivation? Does that stretch to me? And so I hope that he doesn't he gets some closure to the situation so he doesn't have to live that kind of that kind of, you know, um, doubt filled existence. But Yeah, that was really weird. I wonder I really look. I don't I don't know if I should say I look forward to to finding out what happened to her, but I hope it is benign nonetheless. Uh, what else been going on, man? <sighs> Ricky Smiley's daughter was a innocent bystander in shooting at a drive-through. Oh no, that's sad. Hit her in the spine and paralyzed her, bro. That's rough, man. Bro, condolences to her. She survived and she has her life, and we will always be happy for that. But I will never stop feeling sad for her, knowing that. The full operation of her body, her temple, was no longer hers. Like, women's bodies are under attack so much, and then to lose the ability to function it, that must be fucking terrible. And so I, I want to send out a lot of condolences there. But uh, to address some of the the uh, the things that Ricky Smiley said in reference to this, uh, calling out that this is the behavior of black people that gets them um, targeted by white people. It's this kind of behavior that causes white people to treat us like we're less than, which is bullshit. So I and, and I understand you're in grief, Ricky, but I'll go ahead and let you know, shut the fuck up and be in grief. But victim blaming black people, black people for being attacked and having an entire system around objectifying them and making them feel less than that's not our fault. That's no black person's fault. And so the reason why black people are treated Negatively, it's because of white supremacy. It's because the origins of this country explicitly required the objectification of black bodies. That's why black people are treated poorly. Black people acting ignorantly and causing your daughter to be paralyzed is a tragedy. And you deserve all of the time and space to, to, to grieve and help her recover. 
but what it is not is is a time to to blame black people's behaviors for why black people are the victims of a whole system of racism that's just silly it's 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 pejorative and i don't think it is indicative of the intelligence that ricky smiley has and so i hope that him and his daughter take this time and they can grow closer and and for what it's worth i hope that her quality of life can reach something that is fulfilling to her but let's not use this as an excuse to victim blame black people for the system that we are objectified by that's not that's not the look uh what else been going on um man so they're they're really pushing this reopening of schools and i personally don't believe in the school system at large period at all i would never put my son in it I am fully capable and have proven to be able to teach up to a 12th grade curriculum. So I will make sure that I establish my life in such a way that I can teach my son and not have to put him into a school to prison pipeline, not put him into a place of danger, not force him to be away from me during his developmental years when I am the best example for him. Um, And so I don't at all believe in the school system and so reopening it to me is always a fallacy but the rest of the country does not hold that sentiment and so in trying to extend my breath and width of of sympathy to these people the only thing that comes back to me is is all of the of the ancillary workers that are now going to be put in close proximity to these children and how at risk they are Our education system is staffed predominantly by people in the at-risk or the most at-risk demographics. You look at local libraries that that subsidize education from the schools. You look at all of the local uh, businesses that the kids patronize between home and school. And it is not just a recipe of disaster for teachers. That's bad enough. Mm-hmm. It's, a it a, it's a recipe for disaster because most of these kids will be asymptomatic car- carriers and that's just that that has nothing to do with, with with hypotheses or suppositions most children will be able to live with this virus in their body and be asymptomatic that is just emblematic of how the virus works the problem is, is that they will be very contagious and they will spread it to so many at risk people. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how how businesses uh, deal with it. Like I used to, I used to work at a library that had that was maybe. 600 by 600 square feet and it had anywhere from 80 to 120 kids come into it after school. Now, 80 to 120 children in a room that size that has huge bookshelves and seg- uh, segregated areas to, to create rooms within the bigger area. Uh, that, there's no socially distancing there unless they're going to do things like only allow the first 30 kids in and those kids can come in and socially distance. But the library, like libraries will become unusable after school, you know, and those people who staff those libraries are going to be highly at risk. And so it it just doesn't sound like a great idea. I think that the government should have done a better job of, of, of subsidizing the people because this is another place in which 
one of the parents should be able to stay home. Like the fact that we live in a society that people with children both need to work 99% of the time just shows that our society is failing us. Like that shouldn't be a need. You know what I mean? Like the idea that raising the next generation of, of citizens is something that you don't want, uh, shepherded by an active and loving parent is wild the fact that society isn't organizing itself in a way to deal with that the fact that society isn't empowering the citizenry to say hey you know what it hasn't been like that up until now but we need we get it sending the kids back to school is not a good idea what we're going to do we're going to send out a massive stimulus package to the schools to get their online infrastructure ready so they can do distance learning and we're going to give one parent out of every household an additional $1200 a month to sub- and I, and and that's hopefully you make more than $1200 a month but if you had to just leave your job to take care of your child they'll subsidize them with some form of monetization to to compensate them you know what i mean like that's what a real policy procedure would look like to deal with the pandemic in a meaningful way but you don't see that so this school reopening is just going to be a tragedy you're going to see a lot of dead kids too because while it will be a low percentage of the children objectively like when you look at the absolute values of the numbers that we're talking about not just the percentages you're going to be looking at 20 to thirty thousand children dead easily in the six months after the school's opening, that's a that's not a great number. That I, I feel I feel worse about that than the old people dying for sure. You know, like that's a small percentage of the nationwide school nationwide school population. Sixty thousand is a small percentage, but that's still sixty thousand children. Yeah, I, I just the the not that you can make that number zero. But the fact that they aren't fighting vehemently to bring it as close to zero as possible, I, that's why the I look at Trump supporters and I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. fighting to do the opposite. They're literally fighting to do the opposite. Like, they believe that their political expedience is so valuable that they will sacrifice the, the, the very idea that black lives matter. They will sacrifice the very idea that their children should be protected to support this fucking idiot Trump. And it's like, yo, I hope you know that just looks bad on you at this point. Like, there's nothing he could say. There's nothing that he is saying that's making you believe what you believe. <laughs> I've listened to him. He's not saying anything that's convincing. Oh, like convincing, yeah. No! If you listen to him and you're convinced, you're the fucking idiot. And I genuinely believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. The Democrats are liars. The other side, completely feckless and fucking the worst thing ever. But don't get... At least they know how to speak to you. Like, at least they're lying to you. Like, that's the thing that I, I don't think... Like, you don't have to, to to succumb to the lies. But you gotta respect someone who cares enough about you to say, Hey, you know what? I at least... I don't want to put that straight to you. <laughs> I don't want to put it on you like that. Uh, so I'm at least gonna dress it up in some pretty words. You know what I mean? Like, this guy Trump isn't even smart enough to do that. And so, yeah, no... Nah, Trump supporters are pretty much the dumbest thing I've ever experienced. But yeah, anyway, let's move on from that. Um, oh, dude, Amazon uh, has epically failed at its first attempt at ent- entering into the gaming market with this game Crucible. It's supposed to be an MMO MOBA 
first person shooter like it's, it's, it's everything in fail. one yeah it's already too much right thank you by the third much. acronym i was hoping you would get the point like no nah, you don't just spread too thin yeah just pick one like any one of them would you would have well right. the thing is is that that's the lesson from mobile titles so there used to be different types of mobile games you used to have your farming games you used to have your your you know games that had dungeons in them you used to have you know your games that you know what I mean? There was different genres of mobile games. And then Brave XV is kind of said, hey, look at this. If you take all of those and you incorporate them into your game in interesting ways, it's actually people like that even better. And so it started this whole whole wave of mobile games encompassing all the different types, types of mobile gaming in a single platform. Um, and I think that's what Amazon was going for. But they failed. They failed epically because excellent. First, first of all, I don't think anyone trusts Amazon, and gamers especially. Like gamers utilize Amazon in large part, but I think grudgingly. And so when they were like, "Oh, geez, we got another Google Stadia in our hands. We're good." Uh, when they when they realized that it was going to become pretty much that, they were like, "Let's not support this." It was bad. I think it was like having like ninety active players a day or something. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Excellent. Yeah, no, dude, it's awful. It's awful. But um, Amazon, being the corporate giant that it is, has pretty much brought it back, you know, uh, reined it in. They're going to take down the servers and try to redo it and and make another Are they going to pick one? Uh (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. If they're smart, they probably will. But... um, yeah, or just pick can, a shooter, man. I guess shooters sell themselves. That's, yeah, that's what everyone. You know, just just make an Overwatch clone and 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 film it. Cash money. That's or it. or um, what's that other shit? The Frontline clone. Is it Frontline? Fortnite. Fortnite, Fortnite clone. Fortnite. Yeah. Film yeah, which is pretty much a Team cash. Fortress clone. Fortnite is just Team yeah. Fortress in the massively um, battle royale environment. But yeah, so I was really happy to see that. That was. Love to see that kind of failure. That's the kind of failure that I hope sinks. You know what I mean? Like, usually I want niggas to fail to get better, but nah, Amazon, I want you to fail to fail. Yeah. I want you to fail to be done with. But yeah, man. Oh, my goodness. So, evidently in in Georgia, they have um, the NFAC militia. And that's the uh, Not Fucking Around Coalition. Um, <laughs> but no, these niggas that's are not so fucking around. Like, yeah, I know. No, it's that the is black the guys name. that march, right? Yes, it's the, bo- it's the yes, guys that boy. the armed black people march. Yeah, so they're um, they've been in Stone Mountain, prepared, waiting, calling for the KKK. KKK isn't hasn't showed their heads for Crickets. nothing. I didn't realize that that they actually had a, an acronym. I love that. That in fact, I was like, okay, niggas is getting real with it. I'm fucking with that. But that's what you need. It's all part of organization all part of organization you don't want to just be a faceless entity you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you gain power in the solidarity that comes with organization and so really that's what that showed that's what i was pointing that out for it's all the comedic value aside um they are not to be fucked with and they they are very plainly putting that out in their in their uh in their manifesto so i thought that that was a, a fun and interesting one because i'm hoping to see more of these pop up we need to we need to because my closing topic is going to just really exemplify the 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 need that we have to be individually and communally armed and protected. Um, what else been going on though? 
you know, there's been some some ragtag bullshit going on in, in, in politics. You know, you have Keisha Lance Bottoms, who's the African-American mayor of Atlanta. You got Lori Lightfoot, who's the African-American mayor of Chicago. And, and both of these women are... I don't know. I don't know what they are. I don't know what... I don't know what interests they serve, but they have definitely shown themselves, along with Muriel Bowser, to be to be in an interest. They, they want to maintain the system. They absolutely have no creativity outside of the current system. And so they will do nothing but perpetuate the current system and all of its racist white supremacist glory. And so unfortunately, these women have decided to take a stance that the 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 crime in the black community very much uh validates the police use of force in their communities that if black people were were more peaceful that police wouldn't be so violent (laughs) and so um that's funny just keeping that energy i want to send them a hearty fuck you yo stop Mm -hmm. making me hit you bro stop making me hit you bro the idea that these women are putting out there that the police have some justification for their the way they organize against the public just shows their hand, you know. And I love black women, but not those black women. Those black women need to step their fucking game up because I'm out here really trying to put a spotlight on black women who are doing great things because they are responsible for a lot of our great things. But what I don't want to do is to fall into the same problem as American culture where you are incapable of scrutinizing the people who, who are in power. And just because black women have been typically attacked throughout throughout history, that doesn't mean that they are that they are immune to critique, especially when their actions are showing that they aren't representative of the zeitgeist of the current moment. And that's sad because I really vehemently I listen to these women and I, I, I hang on to everything that they do in hopes that. They will represent the 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 goddess entity that we make black women out to be, and they have not. And so, I, I really just hesitate when we get people, our own people, quote unquote. I'm throwing out air quotes. So I know you can't see that, but um, when our people make it into these positions of power, and then. We expect them not to do anything but perpetuate that system of power. It's a system that has made itself impenetrable to, to reform. There's no amount of black women in power. There's no amount of black women vice presidents. There's no amount of black women governors. There's no amount of black women senators. There's no amount of black women uh, mayors that is going to tear down this system. Because the fact that they chose to be a mayor means they believe in the system. The same system that has generated mayors who are in the pocket of every single police uh, department across this country. Every single police department is the main benefactor to every single mayor. And that is a problem. That's a fact. Look it up. Mayors are mostly supported by police unions. The winning mayors, that is. Usually the losing mayors, the one not supported by the police union. And so, yeah, they believe in a system that fundamentally is is corrupted and so we can't expect anything from them same reason why the congressional black caucus is not a not a real thing it's not black it's not a caucus 
it is a bunch of Congress people, but it doesn't represent any of the other two na- people or other two terms in its um, in its name. And it's a shame, you know, because you have a lot of young upstarts like your Ilhan Omars, your Rashida Tlaibs, your AOCs and your so forth that that they're ready. They're ready to make a coalition. They're ready to 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 to, to really bring together uh, uh, a a like-minded set of people within the Congress to pass legislation that is absolutely in the best interest of the people. They're there. But unfortunately, they're not backed by any of the Congress women in the CBC. And locally, they don't they don't get uh, support from the governors. Like, they can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't call, as a congressperson, be calling for defund the police while you're ma- the mayor of the largest city in your constituency is sitting there taking money from the police you know what i mean like there's just no coherence or cohesion in any of these these um these political bodies and so i say all of that to say we've got to stop looking to the system for the answers to the problems that the system is creating you know I, i do not look at black politicians like they are the answer I don't look at presidents like they are the answer. We got to fix this shit on the ground in our own communities. We need to to remove ourselves from the, commu- the the set of people who are objectifying us and and really focus on creating a solidarity that will move us forward to an equality that could make that solidarity unnecessary. Like we need the solidarity now. In a future, hopefully the solidarity will be among humans and that'll be the only uh, a factor factor brought into it but right now they have made it very clear and evident that they do not fuck with black people black people are not welcome in this country black people will never be admonished for all of the things that we did in this country we will never be admonished for the fact that we built this country we won't be admonished for the fact that everything good in entertainment comes from black people even when white people love something that a white person does it's usually because they ripped it off from a black person i mean there's just this country does not fuck with us. And, and this will bring me to my final topic. Um, the FBI has released that the noose in Bubba Wallace's uh, garage is not a racially motivated uh, uh, um, symbol, which there's over 1,100 garages, only one of them occupied by a black person. Only, I think, like 15 of them had draw uh, drawstrings to raise the garage. Only one of them had a noose, and it was in the black person. And so, the the FBI um, later on said that Robert Fuller, they have closed his investigation as a suicide. They will not help us. This country will not help black people. They won't. They won't. They won't ever ever help us because that would inqui- that would require them to point out the fact that. The racists are in the police. The racists pervade every level of the police, from the dispatchers to the paramedics in which they deploy uh, to help them. All of them are utterly corrupted by the ideology. And so they can't acknowledge that the noose is a racially charged symbol because they would be indicting many of their own law enforcement and many of their own um, ancillary law enforcement workers. And so I, I... I genuinely can't wait till I get the fuck out of this country because I'm leaving for sure. I'm absolutely and I've, I'm absolutely leaving this place for some place where black people at least are respected. I can't expect that in this country anymore. 
And I fear every time I have to come into contact with a police officer because the way I feel, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk to them the way that they think that I should talk to them. They don't deserve it. I only give respect where respect is due. And they, they belong to an organization that is not a respectable organization. The same way I don't respect the KKK, I do not respect the police, period. The fucking part that blows my mind is like nobody takes into account that the police never fucking stop crime. They only answer to crime. The, cr- the police aren't a fucking deterrent because the crime is still happening. We do not need police the way they are today. These fucking idiots who are out here, we need police, we need police. No, you need police because you are a bad person. The vast majority of us can organize ourselves in such a way that do not require police as they exist today. We want code enforcement. We want public safety. We want mental health awareness. We want all of these things that have been relegated to the, to, to the police. We want that. But we do not want the police being responsible for those things because guess what? The police aren't trained to be responsible for those things. But they have to keep on, conf- they have to keep on conflating their job with all of these things because if not, as Black people become more liberated and empowered by technology to do things for ourselves, they become less useful. Because as soon as we get options outside of killing each other on the street and 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 uh, participating in activities that might not be healthy, as soon as we get options, we take those options. That's why they do such a. When I say they, that's why. They will, uh, the government, politicians, Congress people responsible for doing things like enacting reparations, they won't because they would be giving the black community another, another choice. And they don't want you to have another choice. They only want your choice to be either suck off of their teeth or go out in the street and get killed. And so I'm not with that. I'm not with that. There is an organization around this. The fact that the fact that there has never been an aggrieved people in history that has not been paid re- reparations with the exception of black people says everything you need to know about this country. The fact that I don't care how long slavery slavery was, it was there. This country benefited from it. The fact that they refused to provide any form of reparations to the black public is just it says everything you need to know about how utterly despotic this country is and will always be. And so it is what it is. You know, I want to be a good citizen while I'm here, but you better believe I'm getting the fuck up out of this place because I'm not with that whole, oh, we're going to plot and, and and show them the pain. I'm not with that shit. I'm from the Caribbean, bro. If you don't want me here, I'll go home. <laughs> I'll go someplace else. I'm, I don't need to fight with you about you not wanting me here. I will leave as soon as humanly possible. Like this, it just so infuriates me that they would try to put forth that a black man hung himself by a tree in public as a form of suicide. Do I look fucking stupid? Like, really? Really? Does the American public look fucking stupid? They do. The average American public does look stupid because they they pass this shit off on, on, on us and we're just supposed to sit here and take it. Nah. I'm good. I see America for what it is. Like, I used to think that it was a very cynical ploy for, for older people to talk about the, the inherent racism in this country. But it's there. It's a real, real, real thing. It's not, it's not underground. It's not hidden. It is a fundamental feature of this country. And until we choose a new operating system, we're going to have to deal with that feature of this country. And that is a fucking shame. That is a crying shame. But alrighty, guys. Sorry to leave you on such a somber note. 
But go ahead and uh, follow us on the socials. Check me out on Instagram at Rico underscore G sound. And I'll hit you with these last words. Time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Peace. Take it easy.